0: And welcome to the after show of Jess and Jam. I am Eric and Hunter. With me as always is Jimmy, the Grand Tormentor Shields. And with us is Nathan, who just played Jiminy Fiddlesticks on the Grand Show. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. Um I don't Jiminy Jiminy Fiddlesticks. <laughs> I love that character, yeah. dude. So you like
1: that? I am
0: I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like, um, so full disclosure, um, the well especially with Jim and Nathan like you guys have been playing together for forever and uh one of the first games I played in this group was with the three of you guys or the two of you guys well
2: i mean i think that uh, because Nathan is a dnd 420 game master so um i think you two came into my group at the same
0: time didn't you Nathan
1: oh uh, really yeah you played in the the very first game i played in pirates life yes
0: wow okay so um so yeah, so um, it's just um, again, so it's it's fun to kind of get get it back get uh, back around the table again um, to to role playing and that kind of thing, and I I will say because we uh, we played in a world that you created, um, I think right after uh, Pirates Life, um, because that game lasted Jesus what four years five years something like that four years I think is what so four years it is. Yeah. I think it was four years, um, and I could say not to you know just. Wash over you all of, of my uh, my doting, but you are very good at creating unique, memorable characters. Like I feel like you are able to sit down and not only create a character sheet and a backstory, but you're very good at pinpointing things and the character's um, personality and their their history that really stick out like sore thumbs in a good way where as players were like oh i remember so and so because of blah 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 Not i can think
2: of one i can think of one right now as a matter of fact it's probably the same one i'm thinking
0: Uh, okay is it the stoner
2: dude okay no it's not the. (laughs) so there's a stoner dude that we met and he's just stuck out in my mind it's just, um, I think, were you maybe playing the mailman at that time or the paladin before you played the mailman? Okay. When we met the stoner dude. He was like our handler. Is that right, Nathan?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roland. Roland. Uh, I couldn't think of his name. I
0: do recall Roland.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: He knew Hey, life. man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got this, like, job you really need to do. It'd be really that great. son of if a bitch. Do it. Never yeah.
2: worked. He didn't work a day in his life.
1: No, he he uh, he was always described as because he's a, like a ranking officer, and that's what everyone couldn't understand. Yeah, um, but every time he showed up, his like armor wasn't belted on, and just kind of like hanging loose, and
2: disheveled and unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, he's he definitely stuck out. Who was who was the one that you were thinking of, Eric?
0: I was thinking of Mama Bink from the oh, same day. Oh, Mama Binks. Like, the thing that I liked about her so much was and this is back when I was playing the mailman which I feel that character I created to a point of like a lost uh, child basically is how I, uh, how I wrote that character so any like formidable figure male or female that felt had like that fatherly or motherly touch to them <laughs> I was immediately like engrossed to so I remember the first time that I the character I uh, met Mama Bank I was just like oh yeah whatever she says is is gospel like I, it doesn't matter what which that guys was your think. mama figure huh <laughs> yeah like that was and I I feel like um, halfway through that game I guess you kind of felt that's what I was doing so you kind of fed into that so like anytime the group was just like oh I don't I don't think that's a good is that really what we should be doing right now. And it was almost like, Mama Bink thinks it's a good idea. I was like, Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a very good idea. That's what we should be doing. Why are we still here? Why aren't we going to doing says. this thing right now?
1: That's hilarious that you imprinted upon this like gnarly, knoll. Uh, yeah, she was a no knoll. Knoll woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but she had power. And she was. Yeah, she had wise. power. She had
0: um,
1: clairvoyance. God, she had a and, um, uh, schooled in divination, uh, yep. like a seer. Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah, she had a
0: whole circus around her.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I felt like she was um the blue moon. Yeah, I felt like she was like the uh the 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 reason for the blue moon almost. For us, the blue moon it was just a festival, right? It was just a carnival, right. but Mama Binks is what we were there for. Yeah. And um so it was pretty it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I do remember that character extremely well yeah. and the king as well. I remember him yep. extremely well. He was very
0: Right. so Can Nate, where where does a lot where do you feel like a lot of your inspiration comes from when you're creating characters when you're creating worlds like what's like that one tap source that you always go back to
1: um a, a lot of literature so i'm a big fan of Dragonlance and and um, david edding's uh, forgotten realms and um sometimes it's more than just the uh like the mainline characters that you're seeing in the stories, like they have great NPCs and side characters that I find to be, you know, inspirational. Yeah, that's a that's a really great idea. With a little twist and a little turn there, it'll fit your narrative. So I find um, you know, a lot of literature, personally, is what I like to draw from.
0: I I mean, yeah, I I I feel like. Um there and and jim and i have talked about this quite a few times like there's a there's i feel like there's a weird subsect when it comes to groups who are playing DD now like it's the 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 players who've been playing forever and the ones who were just getting started and they're coming from like gaming backgrounds they're coming from fourth um, edition right and they're coming from movie (laughs) background fourth edition every time you bring it up every time um
2: and but, well they do they come from fourth edition they come from movies they come from video games more often right. more often not always but more often yeah
0: and they're trying to play the game like like those like those properties like those mediums and i don't know like a lot of the stuff that i remember just like sitting down and talking to you about the game like a lot of it t- like just comes as like no nonsense to me uh, or no nonsense to you but as to me it's like revolutionary like you played a game i think it was one of the first games that you uh dm'd outside of the group um where you created an island for these players to play on and i was just like oh an island like that's interesting why would you pick an island and they're like oh they can't go anywhere on an island they have to stay on the island i was like fuck that totally makes sense like yeah of course brilliant
1: yeah yeah so that that was a game um that i was launching uh for a group of friends, it was their first adventure, well, most of their first adventure. And um, it is, It's as a DM, it's a nice way to keep them contained, keep the story, um, you know, where you want it, keep their activities minimized. That way you don't get the player variable overrunning the game.
0: Yeah, and we've we've talked a lot about that, like, kind of like reining your players in and, you know, making sure that... Um, Certain characters get spotlighted in certain games just to make sh- to show them that you know like they are important to the group and like they mean something to the group and they're they're you're pulling their weight and that kind of thing um what is what is what is something interesting that a character did in one of your games that kind of took you by surprise, but yet you were like, "Fuck, yes, this is what we're doing like this is the direction we're going now
1: um
2: that when you curve balls. Watch out, this guy will throw you curveballs. Yeah,
1: that is a good one. It, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's hard to say, right?
2: Yeah, because you basically, you have two, not not just two groups, but two main groups that you've story told for in the recent years, and in those groups, I can think of at least two or three players that that could apply to, <laughs> that are like, that that are the type of players that take charge of a situation and push it forward and can put potentially push into areas where it's like whoa
1: <laughs> yeah I, I guess if i had to pick one it would be from one of the earlier games and, and this is outside of the the guild games um where we had a player that was going to be leaving the group and uh, so sort they of like to write his character out they were fighting on this ledge and uh, he ended up just running forward and pretty much like tackling the bad guy like, off the, the cliff and into the ravine
2: Oh, like intentionally? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, intentionally, like <laughs> yeah. Like
1: putting his character out and uh taking the bad guy with him.
2: Who was that? What what character what player was that?
1: Uh his name is Brandon. He played uh, D-Pain.
2: Oh, I remember in a game we found a statue of D-Pain. Yep. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh what city was that? Uh Clearwater, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah, Clearwater. Cuz it was a port city. I do re- recall that and he had a statue there. Statue of D-Pain and I thought that that's that's an interesting name.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel when you're playing with groups and you're going to be world building and um, they're going to you know, play multiple games in the same world. Uh, it's not only fun for you but fun for them to start incorporating that kind of stuff because he was like the hero of that city, you know, like, made a big impact with that sacrifice. And uh, same thing with the island because this was the same group that played on the island game. You know, once we got off the island it just became incorporated with the rest of the world and it was accessible to them if they wanted it and uh, as the the rest of the world developed so that, that uh,
2: island that island is near to the main world like the kingdom of Aqualonia.
1: yeah but um so by the time you started playing in our world it'd been developed it's uh going by king's port is its name so now it's like a fully developed city on the island at this point as far as the timeline goes
2: so you've mentioned the timeline and that that brings up a very interesting question how many years of like played history is there in your gaming world this this kingdom of aquilonia approximately
1: um six maybe seven now
2: so over six or seven years this place has built up and changed and gone through changes and matured
1: and that spanned through uh, two different gaming groups. So sometimes the games run parallel. Sometimes they're offset from each other.
0: So I mean, anytime that I feel like we've played together in a group, like you are definitely the note taker of like everything that happens within the game. Um, you know, like you're the, the you're the the keeper of the keys essentially. So when you sit down and you create a game, as a DM how much of that are you are you doing because like Jim Jim and I have talked about things of like how much is too much you know what I mean like how much world building is too much world building like how or how little is I love crossing that line yeah um. so like do you, do you do you have like a um like a feeling where it's just like fuck this is too much like I'm writing too much
1: yeah most definitely when I look down and I've got two pages that's it was supposed to be just like a general intro to the scene and maybe the encounter, but now I've got two pages of a whole like story. It needs it needs to be more bullet points and cut down. Here I am writing paragraphs and paragraphs of it.
0: Because that's what it ends up happening. Like you end up writing just you just end up writing a book. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, this would be great if there were players, but <laughs> there's not. So
1: yeah, and then like re- rereading through some of my old player notes, like my personal uh, as a player notes, they read kind of like stories. Um, at least from my character's point of view
2: I love it as a DM, I create these campaigns where I'm not sure how it's going to play out because I want it to be a matrix I want you to be able to choose your paths, give the, the characters their own sense of self and what they do makes a difference and so a lot of times I'll think back to games and look at my notes and I can't really remember exactly how it played out but I get to look at the journal that Nathan's character has kept and it gives a timeline. It may only be from his character's perspective, but I love getting my hands on those and reading through because Nathan will keep anywhere from a half page to a page and a half of notes for one session. So I'll, I'll open up and it's like 50 pages, (laughs) you know, and and it's like, Oh man, I remember every bit of this. But I remember from from completely different perspective as a DM.
1: Yeah, and then Dego on, the, the one I'm looking at now, is uh, 25 Sessions Long.
2: Which one is that?
1: Uh, this is the second adventure for Jiminy Fiddlesticks, On the road, again. the road Again. On the Road
0: Again? Yeah, I feel like... So that stuff, as you know, that stuff fascinates me. Because I feel like that is a lost art. Like, that's a lost piece of the of D D in general that doesn't get discussed enough is like just like it's it's real easy to sit down and just hit record on a twitch stream or in a discord chat i mean like all right here is our game but to to really articulate what happened according to the character that is in those situations like that is a unique experience that doesn't get discussed enough
1: Yeah, and 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 as a DM, like, and I feel this way sometimes when I read through my notes. I get reading like a story, and this is even through like my DM notes that I'm keeping from the game. Uh, You could write this in more of a, a narrative way, you know, and like tell the story. I always I feel interested in trying that one time, converting notes into an actual book story.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've talked a lot about that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Over the years because I think that, you know, this this group of people, you know, myself, Eric, you Nathan, obviously got to include like Nick or Tommy. Um this core group of people, the D&D 420 crew, um has played through some pretty serious long adventures with characters up to starting at low levels, second or third level, sometimes even first. All the way up to sixteenth, seventeenth level, and earning experience the hard way a lot of times. Um, yeah, because you know, I, at one time I was giving out experience like, um, "Whose line is it anyway?" Like, I'll give you guys 150 experience tonight. Like, oh, uh, didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to level you up slowly. It was really a kind. You know what? I've gone to the milestone. Oh yeah. I've gone to Milestone. It makes more sense for my games because they're long and they're epic and I don't want you to level up too quickly. And we've been through some pretty big games. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, Pirate's Life. Yep. Um, four years. 17th level characters.
1: Yeah, I was um, just looking at Zimrazel sheet today.
0: Zimrazel never misses. Never misses. <laughs> and, who, and who did you play, Eric? You played... Oh, I was Fossil Locks. Fossil Locks.
2: The interesting thing about Fossil is that loosely based is, um, uh, Jamie and Morningsteel, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fossil Locks was a, was a cleric. Jervis. God, uh, Jervis. Yeah. Party all the time. Party all the time. Kind of guy. You know, like any chance that he could get with a, with a cute girl or, um, you know, drink a good beer or eat a big meal, like that always took precedent. But what was interesting too, on top of that, is that this character also banished a dragon with a, with a with a collective, you know, like things that Fossil never would have thought Didn't he would he be able to come across. You whole, know, like
2: it was whole monster on a beholder at one time and
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was
1: charmed monster on the beholder.
2: Charm monster, yeah. yeah the holder yeah. pretty much
1: walked us through the rest of uh, rest of that dungeon for sure. And, <laughs> so, and yeah. And yeah, that was DM to DM. I know that was one of the moments where you're like, I can't believe that, wasn't that like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, believe it was a yeah, <laughs> that twenty. Like, shit, I couldn't believe it was a nat twenty. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I can't believe it. And I left. Like, I had to leave. I think like I think I rolled it and I was just like, oh, shit, this this beholder is mine now. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. Like I have to get home. And I, th- I think, Jim, I think you called me on the way home because you were like, hey, so this is what's happening now. I was like, oh, well, if they're talking shit, I'll just send my beholder on them. To shut them up. <laughs> my beholder buddy.
1: Yeah.
2: My buddy, my beholder and me. Yep. Oh, man. Hilarious stuff. And man, you know, seeing you guys play through those things is just a, you know, it's a, it's a joy and a pleasure for me as a DM. And I know that you get a chance to feel that same kind of thing with, with, uh, with us in your group, Nathan. Um, so you know, we've talked about now a little bit about. We don't want to talk too much about the games I DM'd. But we talked a little bit about the pirate's life. Which game that you look back that you DM'd is kind of like your. Um, like I consider a pirate's life kind of like one of my crowning achievements. Which one of which one of those stories you've told? Do you feel like I did a really good job there?
1: Uh, I personally think the the blue moon. I, I think that one's personally my favorite.
2: I would I would probably say, um, I agree with that. And now I'm getting into play in this one um, where I get to play. We're playing fifth edition now because the blue moon that was years ago. That was three five.
1: Three five. Um, yeah
2: but now we're playing this fifth edition game of yours um this the frontiers game uh what's it called that has a title right
1: uh Moors of Dumont
2: The Moors of Dumont now that I get to play through this game I'm really loving um just really loving it uh so it's it's giving it's giving the blue moon a run for its money in my opinion
1: uh, yeah I'm glad to hear it cuz as a DM you know you put a lot of time in the stories and the writing and uh, it's good to hear when people have memorable characters that they remember you know, for years on or um, you know, made an impact on their playing and uh, just to have your, your players give you great feedback you know, it's a good feeling
2: so what's on the horizon for your gaming world you're seven years in in game so what's on the horizon do you have a sneak peek for us of what Dumont might bring or what might happen in Aquilonia next
1: so I, I think the next one's going to, um, probably pick up in the desert. I know we did, uh, we did that like one off adventure for the underdark where your, your character Akeem had joined, uh, the other party's group, um, grief. Oh yeah. And,
2: uh, it's kind of like 10 or 15 sessions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that was a high end one. I think we guys started at 14, uh, in that one, that one was still three, five, two though. And, uh, that one like ended we, we
2: ended at 14 i think we started at 9 or 10 and
1: ended at 14. so that one ended with you guys like coming out of the desert and uh, a lot of the stuff we had written for the desert is like based on the psionics because was all written for five. so when 5e came out there's like whoa there is no psionics it's like oh no oh no what are we going to do <laughs> like it's like that whole section got like big cities storylines are all written there is all based on psionics so I was real happy to see that it's coming out with Tasha's now.
2: Oh yeah, Tasha's just came out a couple of days ago. Have you had a chance to
1: look through it yet? Mine will be here tomorrow. So, so as oh, soon as man. I get from work, I will
2: We should record uh your reaction to it. We should we should do another show this weekend and be like our the D&D 420 review of Tasha's.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Like I said, not only bringing psionics, but a bunch of new subclasses for all the classes. But I, I think for the, the next leg of my game, that's that's where we'll be going once we wrap up Dumont. We'll probably be pushing out to the desert. Sweet.
2: Well, Nathan, it is awesome to have you on to on late night with Jess and Jam as well as this after, the
0: after show.
2: The after show. Late, late night with Eric and Jimmy. Um, Dude, I look forward to gaming with you this coming Sunday. And um, I look forward to putting this episode of Justin Jam out there for everybody to hear. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: No, man, it was great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition from the D&D 420 podcast. You can check out more of us over on d 420com Facebook, and maybe join our Discord. We'll see you next time.